This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is a little sneak preview for you of the kind of content that we do for premium subscribers, meaning, yes, behind the paywall. Um, I think you'll like it. If you do like it, join us as a premium as a premium member. Join the Liz Wheeler Show community. I mean, you're already part of it. Be a full part of it, and you'll get content like this all the time. Also, you'll get to be part of the show. And what I mean, what I mean when I say you'll get to be part of the show is this isn't just for more content. There is a lot more content over there, but it's also you as a premium subscriber are the bulwark against our show ever facing cancellation. Because shows that count on um, corporations like cable news corporations or count on advertisers solely or rely on monetization from big tech are always subject to boycotts and demonetization and firing. And our show, we don't have to worry about that because of premium subscribers. Thanks to premium subscribers, subscribers who fund the show, we are free to talk about whatever we want. So it's a win-win situation. You become a premium subscriber, premium member. Um, you will get extra segments just like this one um, all the time. And you'll be part of growing the show into the powerhouse that it has become. So without further ado, here you go. As you can see on the Vesta board, this is episode, well, not really episode, but this is the 200th VIP only extended segment that we have done right here on the Liz Wheeler Show community. So it's something to celebrate, right? I think it is. I appreciate each and every one of you. As you know, you guys are what make this show happen. You make us uncancelable. Someone asked me after last week, well, what do you mean when you say you guys make this show happen? And what I mean by that is when you're counting on a large corporation like a cable news outlet, or you're counting on certain advertisers that could be pressured to boycott, or you are relying on social media for monetization to fund your show, right? Because it is a business. You know, we all have to get paid, everybody who's part of this team, or else we can't dedicate all of our time to doing what we do. Um, when you rely on those three things, big tech and media corporations, advertisers, then you can be canceled. You can, you are subject to the whim of the woke mob. But when you have premium subscribers that actually are the ones that um, are funding your show, then you're not cancelable. Bad things can happen and it can hurt the show, but it won't kill it. It is, you are the bulwark against that evil being successful, against those woke uh, boycotts actually working against us. So that's what I mean when I say I'm so grateful and you guys are what makes the show what it is. I mean, I know you're already paid subscribers, so you're already doing your part, but um, please share. Share with other people. Uh, invite them to become premium members as well. Join the club, if you will, so that we can keep growing the show and not worry about being cancelled by big tech. Um, so what I have for you today is a video that has been going viral all over X. Yes, I've now transitioned to calling Twitter X, so just so you guys know. This video has been going viral all over X. It's, it's Congressman Jamie Raskin talking about the Hunter Biden corruption and claiming that the Hunter Biden corruption is nothing compared to what Raskin claims was the corruption that Donald Trump exhibited when he was in office. This was on Chuck Todd. Take a look. Well, you know, look, whether or not it's criminal, whether or not it warrants special counsel status, are you concerned by the, about this stuff? I mean, here's what I'm concerned about. Um, during the Trump administration, we saw the development of a completely new public philosophy, which is that 
government is not an instrument of the common good and the public interest. Government is an instrument for private self-enrichment, for the guy who gets in, for his family, for his private businesses. And that's a model that we're seeing all over the world. But now you don't approve of that that's model, a, obviously. Yeah, I, mean, I do you, not. You denounce that model. That's what Putin is doing. Donald Trump, yeah. That, you know, that's what Orban is doing. That's what Marcos is doing. That's what El is doing. That's what <laughs> I mean, it's President. been going on since oh, the dawn of mankind. Um, original well, but it's new for America that somebody would get in and basically just say, uh, you know, the, everything is corrupt and I'm just as corrupt as the next guy and I'm going to take money, as Trump did, from China, from Saudi Arabia, from the United Arab Emirates. I mean, look, uh, you know, his uh, son-in-law, Jared Kushner, uh, pocketed a cool $2 billion. From Saudi Arabia. From Saudi Arabia. And, and in a corporation Saudi, he created. And he had the Saudi portfolio yeah. in the White House. But what about Hunter? So, but, so I am concerned about it, and I'm concerned not just about public officials like Donald Trump and Jared Kushner who do it, but even family members who water ski along for the ride. And I have been, you know, begging my colleague, Chairman Comer, for us to do a serious analysis of what the laws should be about money-making. And you would take part in a serious people. investigation. Yes, of course we would. And, and we're going to release a report about all of the foreign government emoluments, millions of dollars we can document that Donald Trump pocketed at the hotels, at the golf courses, through business deals when he was president, and that his family got. But they've not laid a glove on Joe Biden as president. They haven't been able to show any criminal corruption on his part. What they've got is Hunter Biden, and we all seem clear that this guy was addicted to drugs and did a lot of really unlawful and wrong things. And we have said, let the justice system run its course. They're not saying that about Donald Trump. Anytime Donald Trump actually gets indicted after a grand jury has already determined that there's probably They attacked the prosecutor. Yeah, you can tell how frightened Jamie Raskin is of the Hunter Biden story because he won't even address it. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He knows that a, a healthy chunk, a healthy percentage of Democrats had said after 2020 that had they know about the Hunter Biden laptop, they would have reconsidered their vote for Joe Biden. He's well aware of that. That's why, and kudos, by the way, to Chuck Todd, words I never thought would leave my mouth. Kudos to him for actually continuing to push a little bit on Hunter Biden when Raskin was constantly trying to deflect to Donald Trump. I hardly even think that Raskin's comments about Trump are worth addressing, but just in case they become Democrat talking points that are going to be the prevalent or the prevailing talking points, Donald Trump lost a ton of money by being president of the United States. He stepped away from his businesses, which were wildly successful. His sons ran them, but his sons didn't make any new business deals while he was in office in order to avoid even the appearance of peddling influence. So Don Jr. and Eric 
especially Eric, I think, was in charge of the businesses. He ran the existing businesses, but he didn't contract any new deals. So how could you even make a comparison between Hunter Biden and Donald Trump when Donald Trump had pre-existing businesses that he stepped away from? He didn't look at the financials. He didn't look at any of the details of the business he'd been running, and Eric didn't contract anything new while he was in office. It's it's not a good comparison because it's a bad comparison because Jamie, and even Jamie Raskin probably knows this, he's just trying to distract from Hunter Biden because the left knows, the Democrats know that Hunter Biden is a very dangerous piece of dynamite for Joe Biden's electoral chances. They know that especially suburban women were really turned off when Hunter Biden and then Joe Biden and Jill Biden refused to even acknowledge Hunter Biden's love child, the child that he had with a stripper, the little girl, I think she's four or five years old now, Navy Joan. I forget what her last name is because Hunter Biden has denied her the Biden last name. But the Bidens know how much impact Hunter has because after the outcry about Hunter Biden essentially abandoning and denying this child and then the Bidens not admitting that they have seven grandchildren but continuing to say that they only have six, they then acknowledged her and said, oh, well, we're just trying to be respectful of Hunter and this stripper trying to work things out and co-parent. No, you're not. You don't care about that at all. You're just worried about your poll numbers and worried how this story is going to affect a key demographic of voters that you're relying on for 2024. So Jamie Raskin is just parroting that. But the comparisons between Donald Trump when he was in office and what Hunter Biden is doing, selling influence, like these were not pre-existing business deals that Hunter Biden had going before Joe Biden was vice president. This was strictly because Joe Biden was second in command in the of the United States of America, strictly. He was peddling the influence. The Biden brand was the fact that his father was vice president of the United States, that he could get his father on speakerphone whenever he wanted, that he could send a text message, and the result of a threatening text message could be $5 million wired into his bank account, that he could have a sports car paid for the exact amount that he needed to pay for his new sports car wired into his account, It had everything to do with the fact that Joe Biden was vice president and these weren't pre-existing businesses. It's not, even Jamie Raskin knows that it's, to say that it's not a good comparison is also, is almost a vanilla way to say it. It's, this is a play of desperation from Jamie Raskin because he knows just how damaging Hunter Biden is to the Democrats' chance in 2024, but they don't know what to do about it aside from trying to take Trump down with shady legal methods because they know that Joe and Hunter are guilty of every single thing they've been accused of. Senator Rand Paul has finally done it. He's been talking for a long time. Actually, he's one of the biggest proponents of prosecuting Dr. Fauci for Dr. Fauci's role, not just in lying about COVID and masks and vaccines, but lying about his role, his financial role in gain-of-function research. As you know, Fauci worked for the NIH. He was the head of the NIAID. The NIAID gave a grant to an organization called EcoHealth Alliance that that gave a sub-grant then, that same taxpayer money that was given from NIH to EcoHealth Alliance, was given to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and we, it, it was done for gain-of-function research, where this, this, this experiment done with the virus that was supposed to juice up the virus to make it more lethal and more transmissible among humans. Dr. Fauci has repeatedly denied this, but we all know that he's lying. So Senator Rand Paul finally referred Dr. Fauci to, specifically to the top prosecutor in Washington, D.C. for criminal charges. This is according to the Daily Mail. Republican Senator Rand Paul is recommending to the top prosecutor in Washington, D.C. to pursue an investigation and possible criminal charges against Dr. Anthony Fauci for allegedly lying under oath about COVID-19 origins. Paul sent a letter to D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves 
Tuesday, demanding an investigation into Fauci for allegedly committing perjury during a congressional hearing in 2021 when he said that COVID did not come from a Chinese lab. Dr. Fauci testified that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. In a subsequent hearing, this is Rand Paul, I warned Dr. Fauci of the criminal implications of lying to Congress and offered him an opportunity to recant his previous statements, writes Paul. Um, In response, Dr. Fauci stated that he had never lied before Congress and did not retract the statement. Dr. Fauci's testimony is inconsistent with facts that have since come to light. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, and of course, we, you and I have seen the videos uh, of Rand Paul grilling Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci getting really agitated, you know, kind of the, the, the bodily or the nonverbal characteristics of someone who's lying, just biting back at Senator Rand Paul. Like, this is this video. Take a look. Dr. Fauci, we don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S., and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Xi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus, and then used this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now 
fund gain of function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund. Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain of function research? Dr. Barrett does not doing gain of function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function? That is you would not be in the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support it? sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan uh, Virology Institute. support sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research... I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying naturally. things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain-of-function, such as yourself... Okay, okay, that's good, that's good. Dr. Anthony Fauci is one of the creepiest government officials that I have ever seen in my lifetime. The game that he is playing with Rand Paul is the same game that Bill Clinton tried to play when he was trying to deny that he had had sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky. What is the definition of is? This is what Dr. Fauci is playing. He is redefining gain of function to suit his political purposes. He's not denying that money from the NIH went to EcoHealth Alliance. He's not denying that EcoHealth Alliance gave that money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He's not denying that Ralph Barrick, a U.S. scientist in North Carolina, shared really proprietary information about how to make viruses more lethal and more transmissible to humans with a Chinese communist lab. He's not denying any of that. He's just trying to quibble over the details of a definition. My question, if I were sitting in Rand Paul's spot, would be, okay, putting the, your redefinition of gain-of-function research aside, do you feel that what was done with U.S. taxpayer money from the NIH all the way to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, do you feel that that research on those bat-derived coronaviruses, was that ethical? Did it pose any risk to the United States? Would you do it again? Because what Dr. Fauci is doing is he's just trying to play a game of distraction. And the truth of the matter is he won't reject what he did because he stands by it. It's incredibly dangerous. I commend Rand Paul. He's one of the few politicians who's continuing to call for accountability for COVID. A lot of other politicians are afraid to call for accountability because they don't want to talk about their role in the vaccine rollout and their silence during the mandates. They don't want to talk about their role in the lockdowns. They don't want to criticize the leading Republican candidate for how he handled Trump, how he handled COVID when he was in his fourth year in office. They don't want to talk about COVID. So the referendum on COVID that should be this next election cycle is virtually non-existent. It's infuriating. One of the only politicians who is doing his due diligence and demanding accountability for the crimes that were committed against us, the American people, by our government, 
is Senator Rand Paul, and I appreciate that. Matthew Graves, unfortunately, is a really compromised U.S. attorney. He's obviously not going to prosecute Dr. Fauci, but that doesn't mean that Rand Paul shouldn't make the referral. He is doing the right thing, and I'm greatly appreciative of it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Well, this is a story that six six months ago, nine months ago, everybody was talking about, and it's kind of fallen off the news, but it shouldn't have fallen off the news. The reason it did is because DeSantis ultimately won in the feud against Disney. In fact, DeSantis recently said that Florida has basically moved on from the feud with Disney, and he is urging the Disney CEO to drop the lawsuit against them. The Disney is, of course, suing the state of Florida, saying that taking away their special self-governance rights in their special district is going to cost them money. But this is what NBC is reporting. Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday said Walt Disney Parks and Resorts should drop a federal lawsuit that claims retaliation by the state and accept and accept changes to a special district that long benefited the theme park giant. In a CNBC interview focused on the economy, the Republican presidential candidate said the state has basically moved on from issues surrounding the changes to the former Reedy Creek Improvement District. Amid a feud between DeSantis and Disney, the legislature this year replaced the Reedy Creek District with a Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. The changes have led to state and federal lawsuits, with Disney alleging the changes are retaliation for its opposition to a 2022 law that restricts instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in Florida schools. Uh, DeSantis, however, said your competitors do all do very well here. Universal, SeaWorld, they have not had the same special privileges as you do. So all we want to do is treat everybody the same and let's move forward. I'm totally fine with that, but I'm not fine with giving extraordinary privileges to one special company at the exclusion of everybody else. So what's interesting here is, of course, DeSantis is well within his right, the just authority of his position as chief executive of Florida and in, in conjunction with a legislature to revoke special privileges, because that's exactly what the Reedy Creek District was. It was a special privilege given to a corporation that was benefiting the state. But when that corporation no longer benefited the state the same way, you certainly can take away this special privilege, because it wasn't just corporation status that everyone on an equal playing field has a right to. It was a special district. That's why it's called a special district. So one of the, or the premise really of Disney's lawsuit against DeSantis and against Florida is that this is going to hurt their financial bottom line. And it was just retaliation, political retaliation. But what's interesting, if you look at the revenue numbers for Disney for the past two years since this feud began, since DeSantis and the Florida legislature withdrew this special status, the revenue numbers show that Disney's lying about their lawsuit. So In fiscal year 2022, Disney Parks recorded $28.7 billion in revenue. 
That's a 73% increase in revenue compared to fiscal year 2021. Now, of course, in fiscal year 2021, what happened, there were still lockdowns, there wasn't as much tourism, but it's a little hard for the Disney CEO to stand there and say, well, your political retaliation against me, which you and I know it's not political retaliation, it's simply uh, objectively analyzing whether a special district is in the interest of Florida voters. And if Disney is queering children, I think that special status is not in the interest of Florida voters and citizens. But it's a little hard for the Disney CEO to make this argument that it's not financially beneficial or it's financially harmful for them to have this special status rescinded when they have a $28.7 billion in revenue. In fact, what he should do if he wants to sue a politician for harming his business financially is he should sue all of the liberal governors all over the country who locked people down, and he should sue the federal executive branch agencies that encouraged masking and social distancing and lockdowns that prevented tourists from coming to Florida to go to uh, Disney and the theme parks, which is where Disney primarily makes their money. So all of this is to say, this story dropped out of the news when the mainstream media and the left realized that DeSantis had outmaneuvered Disney. And this is just another example of it. But the fact of the matter is, DeSantis did outmaneuver Disney. Good morning to you premium subscribers on the Liz Wheeler Show community, or a good afternoon, or good evening. This is actually something I was thinking about the other day. I wondered what time you watch the extended segments, because I know that we don't publish the extended segments right next to the show, and I wondered what time people watch them. Do you watch them when you get home from work, while you're cooking dinner? Do you watch them on a commute somewhere while you're working out? Um, If you're interested in letting me know, you can post below. Just my curiosity, no reason. The story that I have for us today is we are under attack in some of our cities, not the way that you might think. Delivery robots, these autonomous vehicles that are delivering Amazon goods probably, are under attack in some urban centers where the vagrants and the homeless people who seem to rule these cities are vandalizing these vehicles as they're out delivering packages. Now, I will before I show you this video, it's quite something to behold, I will tell you, I'm a little torn on whether I like the idea of drones delivering Amazon packages and robots rolling up to your door with your takeout that you that you ordered online. I feel like it's a little creepy. I'm not sure why I have that feeling because how is that materially different than somebody bringing your food to your door? Oftentimes when I get food delivered to my door, you don't actually meet the person at the door. They just drop it off at your door and then when it's convenient for you, you pick it up. The same with packages. So why is it that I feel weird about a drone delivering an Amazon package or a robot delivering my food? I don't know why, but that is how I feel nonetheless. This is being rolled out in some cities, particularly in California, and this has been the response from, I don't want to say the general public, because I wish that the vagrants and the homeless and Antifa were not a good illustration, a good demographic sample of the people that live in that city. Unfortunately, maybe in San Francisco they are, but this is what's happening. Take a look. Don't invest in this company. Look at this. Watch this. Oh, they knocked it right over. It's not just once, either. The siren's going off because someone's stealing from inside this bin. Doesn't seem phased at all by the siren, actually. Walking away with the food. Now people are passing by. This delivery robot that was flipped on its side. It's like a turtle on its back. It can't right itself. A dog is trying to get in. 
Oh goodness. And someone's riding on it, so the siren is going off. Someone else is sitting on it. Well, this is not going well. This is not going well. Oh goodness. It's a sh is it a shame? It is a shame that my thought is, what do you expect? That's not what we should think when something, when, when something like delivery robots rolls out. We shouldn't be like, well, what do you expect people to do? You would hope people would have more respect. I think this is all the video we need to see. We get the idea. These things are under attack mostly by homeless people and vagrants and thugs who feel entitled to steal when they have the opportunity to steal if there's no accountability attached to their act of stealing. So maybe it's not just homeless. And when I say homeless, I either mean mentally ill or drug addled, oftentimes both together. I don't know which is the chicken and which is the egg. This is happening in large cities. And the response from this online, especially to this video is interesting. I wanna bring up this tweet from Mark Klebaugh. He says, there's nothing nice or pleasing to live in a large blue city. You cannot have nice things. You cannot do nice things. It's nothing but a lawless, dirty, trashy hellscape. Make all the fun you want of us small town Southerners, but we have it nice out where, out here in the country. He's not wrong. He's definitely not wrong. I think we have another response here. Another response here. It kind of a joke. I mean, this is like a funny, not funny story. Yeah. Big Mad Lad says, Wally isn't enjoying the urban diversity. <laughs> It's funny, not funny, because obviously that's a funny comment, but is this what we are to expect in American cities? Here's, here's the thing. California specifically, and the reason I'm talking about California, is because we know specifically in San Francisco, although this is true in Los Angeles and in San Diego even as well, the homeless population, meaning the drug-addicted or mentally ill population that lives on the street— is growing. It's, there's tent cities that are cropping up everywhere. The politicians in these cities aren't doing anything about it. They're just trying to demand more money from the taxpayer when money isn't what is going to solve this problem. In fact, California has spent more than $20 billion, that's billion with a B, on housing for homeless people, meaning drug addicted and mentally deranged people. And yet it's not helping. These, these, these homeless camps, these, these tent cities are becoming more popular. They're taking over areas of cities and neighborhoods more than ever before. So it seems that this is money down the drain. In fact, there's a statistic that says half of people who are homeless actually decline to 55%. This is from San Francisco specifically. You can, you can see this tweet on the screen from Darren. She says, the city of San Francisco released data last week showing that 55% of homeless individuals rejected shelter when offered it. And listen, anecdotally, I can corroborate this. My husband and I lived in San Diego for about 10 years, and he was always really drawn to helping the homeless. And he would oftentimes offer them food or water when they were out in the sun or when they were panhandling on the road. Not money, because you know that what they buy with money, but he would offer them food and water, and they would have fits when he offered them food and water. They would throw the food, reject it, like literally throw it on the ground in front of him because they just wanted money. They wanted money for what? What did they want money for if they said that they were panhandling for food, but when they were offered food, even food that was prepackaged as if they were in a position to be picky, if they didn't want the food, they just wanted the money for food, what do you think they wanted the money for? He would also offer to take them to... Um, to homeless shelters, especially ones that were run by religious people, and they didn't want to go. They didn't want to go. They, there, were, there were tons of homeless shelters that had beds available, and these mentally ill and drug-addled people refused to go. So asking for more money the way that California politicians are doing to, to supposedly change this problem isn't going to change the problem. What will change the problem? Well, 
we can have that conversation in a larger sense. But if you look at the statistics of what happened when we stopped, when we when we ended, we desisted using mental institutions, the prison population went up with mentally deranged and drug-addled people. And a lot of them ended up on the streets because people's families, these people's families didn't take care of them. So maybe it requires a social movement as well as government action to take care of this problem, but not government action the way that the leftists in California are trying to fix this problem. They're trying to increase a welfare state and siphon taxpayer money from hardworking Americans and put it towards programs that don't solve the problem. Maybe we have to get back to common sense, how we know we have to solve these problems because it's entertaining in a sense to watch these delivery drones be hijacked by these homeless people in these big cities, but it's not the country that we want to live in. So we are facing a choice. Is this what we want to continue to be? Or do we want to change it? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.